You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 248. And today I've got one of my clients sharing how she produces a steady stream of great clients who will happily pay your bill for female lawyers in solo practice. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get Amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, authority amplifier for expert-based business owners. And today I have just such a special episode to share with you. My client, Sharon Christie, is joining me today to talk about how her process helps women lawyers and women who are in some type of solo practice get a steady stream of great clients. And her process is so powerful. And I'm kind of giddy being able to share her with everybody as this is a momentous time for her having sold her practice and moved fully into coaching and mentoring other women who want to thrive in their business. So I'm celebrating with her and showcasing her today, but she's also got some great tips for anyone who's in a solo practice and knows they need to ramp up the stream of clients coming in the door. Now, one of the reasons why I get super excited about sharing clients with you is they're working my eight steps that I talk about all the time here on the podcast, the eight steps to being a highly paid authority. And a lot of people kind of have some doubts in the beginning, like, can it really work for me? Can I make good money teaching people all of the things I've learned on my path? And I, I always tell them like, look, if you're willing to follow the blueprint, if you're willing to follow these steps and make sure you have all eight of these components, yes, absolutely. What happens is a lot of people, they try to jump ahead, they skip steps, they don't know who their ideal client is, uh, they don't take the time to really research the messaging that resonates and is super relevant, and they don't really work through some of their own fears and some of their own imposter syndrome issues, and it shows up in their sales process, in their marketing, they tend to be invisible. And when you work the eight steps in my process, what happens is you have confidence, you know what your offers are, and you know how to sell them and how to position them so they're really super irresistible to your ideal clients. And Sharon's one of the people that I'm so excited to share because she worked this process, she had the patience, she dug deep, she put all the components together, and now she's out there working with other women who need what she does and are willing to invest in it. So if you're in that place too, and you're thinking, man, it would be so great if I could ramp up the clients, if I could uh, maybe get myself out there in a bigger way, and maybe even you're realizing you've got some fears that kind of play out for you, and you doubt, and you wonder, is this really going to work? Now's the time. I want you to go over to authorityamplifiers.com and I want you to download the eight key steps in my roadmap. 
They're super easy to read through. It's a two-pager. And then sit and watch the training. It's about 40 minutes long, but I promise you it's going to transform how you go about putting all the puzzle pieces together. Because this is my superpower. This is the thing I really know how to do. I've been doing it for 21 years. And I want to share it with you because I want you to have these tools in your toolbox too. Because it's time to stop struggling. It's time to stop working a million hours for so little and finally get all the pieces put together so you can transform your wisdom into wealth as a highly paid authority. Again, go to authorityamplifiers.com, download it. I'll share with you how to get the training. And let's make this next few months of the year the best year you have ever had. All right, now let's get into my conversation with Sharon. I suspect you're going to have some huge breakthroughs as well. Welcome Amplifiers. It's your host, Melanie Benson here. And today we've got a really special episode of Amplify Your Success Podcast. Today, we're not only doing the regular episode, but I'm also uh, going to be on video with a really amazing person that I can't wait to share with you. Let me introduce our guest for today, Sharon Christie. Now, Sharon Christie, has uh, over 15 years in a solo law practice and discovered that the secret to thriving instead of merely surviving lies in the ability to land great clients consistently. Now, Sharon has cracked the marketing code, catapulting her law practice clientele from zero to hundreds in under nine months. She developed a proven three-step success formula to help other female lawyers in solo practice who are ready to replace the rat race with a bold, thriving law business. Now, if that wasn't exciting enough, part of the reason why I'm super excited is Sharon and I have been working together for several years now. She's a member of Amplify Mastermind and Amplify Your Authority Inner Circle. And I have had the great pleasure and joy and like that you know, mama bear who's watching her, her progeny, like come to life, watched Sharon just step into her brilliance and make a big, bold decision herself to shift out of having her own law practice into, uh, sharing all of this wisdom, uh, with other women in solo practice. So Sharon, first of all, woohoo! I'm so excited for you. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Melanie. And I've been just on Sharon, like we got to share what you are teaching your women lawyers in a bigger way. And of course, you know, I'm all about the podcast guest spot here. And so it's been exciting for me to um, bring Sharon on today to share some of the things that she's teaching. Because I think even if you are not a female lawyer, which I know we have a lot of those who listen, but if you're not a female lawyer, if you're in a solo practice of any kind, you're going to get some great wisdom bombs today. So grab your pen, grab a piece of paper. This is uh, a special episode that is full of really powerful tips and resources. So Sharon, thank you for being here. And again, congratulations on the big leap. Thank you, Melanie. I am thrilled to be here. Uh, I love talking about all the things we're going to discuss about women in their own business, in their solo business. And you're right. I deal with uh, lawyers. But 
everything that I talk about applies to anyone who's in any type of solo uh, practice. So I, I'm really excited to, uh, to have this discussion with you today. Woohoo! All right. Well, let's get into it. I want, and by the way, we're, we'll talk a little bit more about Sharon's backstory towards the end of the episode today, but I want to um, just kind of set some framework for a minute because you and I've had so many discussions about challenges for women in solo practice and having coached many lawyers over the years, I can see why these would be the challenges, but I'd love for you to share, what do you think is the biggest challenge that women in solo practice are experiencing right now? I think that their biggest challenge is to get focused on who they best serve and how they find that person. Uh, it, it's something that I hear from the women lawyers I talk to all the time. They seem to be very scattered sometimes, a little bit all over the place. As women, you know, we want to serve, we want to serve everyone, but the reality in, a, in business is if you're trying to talk to everyone, you're speaking to no one. And trying to serve everyone because you either you want to help or you're terrified that if you say no to a particular client, there will be no other business for you. I think that's what holds women back the most uh, on their on their own journeys in their their solo business. Mm, I think you just hit a like, it, like you kind of ripped the bandaid off for a lot of us. It's, it's like, now we got to look at what's underneath that. Because if you're a coach, you're a consultant, you're uh, a service provider of any kind, and particularly what we're talking about today, women in solo practice as a lawyer or any, like, I mean, really like your accountant, anything. If you don't know who you're talking to, if you don't know who your clients are, it's really hard to make your marketing work and your marketing is what helps you get clients. And if you don't have clients, we all know what happens, right? That's right. You don't have a business. No yes. money. <laughs> no money, no business. Exactly. You're tearing your hair out. That's exactly what happens. And I, I, I have found that uh, as a solo practitioner, it, it's wonderful because you make the decisions you, you know, are steering the ship. I mean, you're deciding where you're going and what you're doing. But along with that, that freedom there, you have to understand that there are certain restrictions you need to put on yourself. Because as I said before, if you are not focused on who you can serve best, who you enjoy serving, who you love to work with, who you do your best work for, if you're not 100% focused on that 100% of the time in everything you do in your business, then you are going to get off track very quickly and you're going to see the revenues fall through the floor and you will be frustrated. And, you know, sometimes people are ready to throw the towel in and say, I'm, you know, as much as I hate to think about this, I'm going to go work for somebody else. And it doesn't need to be that way, but you have to be very systematic and, and focused on who it is that you want to serve and how you're going to reach those people. Hmm. So, I mean, that's what I really focus on as it's always step one with clients, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's, um, there's four things that, that I, that I'd say, you've got to get right. Uh, you have to be in the right practice area. You have to have the right clients. 
you have to have the right message for them, and then you have to have the right process to do all the things you need to do to onboard, et cetera. Uh, but you've got to start day one with, uh, even before you start thinking about your clients, this is something that I realized in my own practice, am I in the right practice area? Um, and, and again, you don't have to be a lawyer to be asking yourself that question. It's, you know, am I in the right business? And for many years, I was in the wrong practice area. I learned a tremendous amount about the law and how to be a lawyer and how to be a litigator. And it was great. But once I got through that learning curve, I realized very quickly that my heart's not in this. My heart's really not in doing the work that I'm doing now. And I wasn't sure how to make that change. But once I made that change, that was step one to get me in the right direction uh, so that I could be serving the people that I really want to serve. I want to just take a pause here for a second because you just said something that I know I, this was a huge piece for me in, in learning how to be successful in the coaching business. And I think this is, again, it's like it, it hits people across all service businesses. What is it like to, to be in the wrong focus for your business? What is happening for someone at that stage? Because I'm not sure people are really aware that's really the problem. So what would you say are some of those signs? I, I, that's a great question. Uh, I think that, and in, in, I'm going to speak a little bit in legal terms, but for lawyers, you, you're reaching the point of thinking, uh, and, and I was a litigator, so we did a lot of you know, what they call discovery. And you have to do these things called crazy things called interrogatories and document requests. And I was reaching the point of saying, if I have to answer one more interrogatory or respond to one more request for documents or file one more motion or respond to one more motion to dismiss the whole ca case and on and on. And, you know, lawyers listening will understand what I'm talking about. I am going to tear my hair out. I hate doing this. And I hated, I got to the point where I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. I mean, I did, but I really didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. And I, at the time I had started off in a big firm and then went to a smaller firm. Uh, but I found that I was arriving later and later and later in the day. And it was just very symptomatic of, there's something wrong with what you're doing every day because it's not exciting you, you dread it. And the people that I represented, I mean, they were nice people. That wasn't the issue. For the most part, they were nice people. But I, my heart, I knew my heart was not in their case. And that's not, that wasn't fair to them, wasn't fair to me. Uh, but, but I could feel myself just really dreading everything I was doing every day. And that's a terrible feeling day in and day out. It's a terrible feeling. It's not, it's a, it's a terrible way to have a business. It's a terrible way to, to like uh, have a career. And I, and I know I can relate to that. Certainly. I just yeah. want to add Sharon for the people who are maybe not in the legal world, mm -hmm. but thinking, okay, so I, I've been experiencing some of this dread. I think another sign outside of the legal world would be you tend to hold yourself back from enrolling clients. Uh, you tend to like get into sales conversations and 
And there's this conversation in your head going like, I don't think I want to work with this person, but I need the money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? And exactly. you might do that as a lawyer too, exactly. right? Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. This is going to be an awful case. I'm not going to enjoy this. I'm not going to enjoy working with this person, but I need the money. So, yeah. okay. Let me sign so if you you're up. saying, but I need the money. Woo. Warning sign, red flags going off. Red flag. <laughs> you're absolutely. maybe in the wrong practice or the wrong client focus which I know is exactly. a big part of what we're talking about today. Exactly. Exactly. And so you, and you have to be willing to accept that, you know, it took a while for me to be able to say, cause I would think, oh, it's just a bad case or it's a bit, but it was happening, happening so frequently. I finally had to say to myself, no, <laughs> this is not just this case or that case, or this is the whole area of practice that you're in. And you really have got to step back and reassess this and figure out what other area you're going to be happier with and more successful doing. Yeah. They go hand in hand. I think you hit the nail on the head there. So how does this translate to women lawyers and maybe service professionals in general having trouble getting great clients? Sure. Okay. So, so once you, you first have determine for yourself that yes, I am in the area of work that I should be in, that where I do my best work, I enjoy it. I enjoy the results that I achieve. And, you know, it, 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 it brings in uh, money. Okay. So once you've established that, then the next thing you have to think about is this. Well, what in doing this work, who are the people that I work most easily with? Who are the people that I relate to the best and that relate to me in a great way? Who are the people that I uh, feel most comfortable with? And what are the characteristics of those people? It's, you know, Melanie, I'm working with you. You talk about you know, when you get in the flow. It, it's that very same thing. You feel it. You know it. It's like, oh, these are people that, or this is someone that, um, that, that I know, A, I can help, and B, I can work with easily. That's what you want because that makes your life so much happier, so much easier, and your business very successful. But you have to, to, to figure out for yourself, who is that person who are, yeah, and I, what, what I tell my, the coaching clients is, look, let's look back over the last, now I, right now I'm saying three years because the COVID year was a little, you know. Yeah. Scrap that year, basically. <laughs> scrap that year. Yeah. Look, a little bit, but let, let's look at over the last three years, just pick out a handful of clients that you've worked with that you enjoyed the most, that if you could have 10 of those, 20 of those, 100 of those, depending on the nature of your business, whether it's it's a high volume practice like what I do or, um, or something where you typically have a smaller amount of clients, but whatever it is, if, if you could multiply that client or those clients by you know, a factor of 10 or 20 or 100. Let's look at those people and let's break down what it is about them that makes it so easy for you to work with them. And what are the characteristics that they have that 
are consistent, even though their cases may be different. Let's look at, at what is consistent about those clients and your feelings about working with them. I had a really interesting discussion uh, with, with a, a coaching client the other day. And one of the things that came out consistently was she really enjoyed working with people who respected the work that she did. And I know for a lot of lawyers, that's, that is an issue. Um, and probably in other professions too, but it was, that's something that's, it, it can be a little hard to put your hands around until you sit down and really start to um, evaluate it as we did. And so that, that became a, a, a key point uh, in our work together that um, she wanted to be able to move to a position where she was attracting people who were, were going to respect what she did. And appreciate what she did, and and certainly be willing to pay for it, uh, because she does great work. So, um, those are those are some of the things that we that we looked at. That's some of the things that I had to look at. Like, I know I can serve a lot of different kinds of people as a lawyer, and my practice area ultimately was disability. Uh, I can serve a lot of people, but who are the ones that I really want to stay focused on the most? Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't mean, you know, you turn other people away if they meet your other parameters, but it does mean that you stay focused on those people that you just love working with. So you can bring more and more of them into your business. So when you have that kind of clarity, Sharon, what does it change in the way maybe that you do your marketing or you create like advertising or visibility for your law practice or, or any, you know, practice for that matter? Sure. The you know, w- once you figured out who it is that you want to be coming to you as clients, then of course your next step is to figure out uh, where do I find them? You know, where do they hang out? That's what we hear all the time. Well, where do they hang out? And and nowadays, it's where do they hang out on social media? So you have to figure out where they are, and then how do I speak to them? Well, that part really involves uh, thinking about uh, them as opposed to you. You know, lawyers, just like lots of other professionals, have historically been promoting who they are, what they do, how many years experience they have, and on and on and on. Um, and, And I did have someone tell me fairly early on, as much as you hate to admit it, they don't care where you went to law school. They don't care where you graduated, you know, uh, from law school or in college. They don't care that you were sumo, whatever, you know, they don't care about that. They only care about, rightfully so, themselves. And can you solve their problem? Can you help them? And, And so you have to be able to take yourself out of the equation because People just aren't in, that interested in it and get into their head and think about how they're feeling about the problem that you're going to solve for them. How are they feeling? What are their worries? What are their concerns? And how can you make that better? How will they be better once they've finished working with you? 
how is their life going to be different? And that's a very different um, uh, mindset, way of thinking than the traditional, I'm this, I'm that, here's my experience, 20 years doing this, you know, 10 years doing that. That's, that's not what people want to hear about. They want to hear, how are you going to solve my problem? Do you understand my problem to begin with? And how are you going to solve it for me? And I would imagine there's a third piece, which is what's your track record on solving this problem for me? Yeah. Yeah. That, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because we, I would hear that all the time. Um, you know, well, what's your, what's your percentage of wins, you know, mm-hmm. and of course people want to know that. And that's, that's not an unreasonable question. Um, and sometimes uh, professionals in general feel a little affronted, I think, by that. Like, well, what do you mean? Don't you know I'm, you know, I'm the greatest lawyer since Clarence Darrow? What's wrong with you? It's a very reasonable question for someone who's who's not in your profession. Like, okay, you tell me, you can do all this. What's your what's your win rate? So we, I would talk to clients about that for sure. Yeah, and I think you know, as you're listening into this today, and and if you're not in the legal side of things, another way this shows up is. Um, and, and it's funny, like I'm preparing right now, Sharon, as you know, for the zero friction sales workshop. And I really was paying attention to what turns somebody into a buyer. And I, and I've been doing a little sleuthing with my clients and asking like, what is it that when you're hiring a mentor or you're hiring a coach or you're hiring a service provider, what are you listening for? What do you, what's your buying criteria? And time and again, the community would say, They've demonst- they have demonstrated results. Right. There's something they've said, something they do that sh- demonstrates I get results. And I think for lawyers, that's showing up in the what's their, their percentage of wins. Um, but there's probably other things that people are lis- listening for or looking for that have them choose you. Is there anything else that a woman lawyer might want to be looking for or paying attention to to make sure that those clients they really want to work with choose them? Sure. I, I, and, and, you know, I, I said, we talked about percentage of wins, but not all legal work involves winning a case for sure. Sure. I I think the most important thing is that people hear that you understand what their problem is and you can tell them how we're going to get from here's your problem to here's the solution and that they feel comfortable uh, actually being able to talk to you. Uh, I think that w- one of the things that, that, that lawyers do, that a lot of professionals do is, you know, we speak in the language of our profession and people don't understand that. Uh, they don't understand these legal terms, nor do they need to. They, they don't, they never need to understand the legal term. And we forget that because we're professionals who deal with each other every day, we forget how intimidating it can be sometimes for somebody to pick up the phone and call a law office or contemplate speaking to a lawyer. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I had clients that were just really would say at the end of our first conversation, I was so worried. I didn't, I've never talked to a lawyer before. I didn't know what this was going to be like. And when they realized that I was able to speak in their language, it made all the difference. And and that I was able to 
as I said, describe for them, here's, here's what the problem is. Here's the process we're gonna go through. Um, this is what the, for me, the disability process is. Here's, this, here's what we're gonna do along the way. Here's what I need you to do for us. It became very much of a conversation. They felt comfortable with it. They felt like they could trust me. And that's huge. That's huge. If you don't feel comfortable and that you can trust somebody, uh, you, you will never get them as a client. Okay, let's lean into this because this is another really important piece of sales in general, but also like the, the bridge between someone's interested and someone says, yes, I'm choosing you. Mm-hmm. Give us just a quick line on how could someone um, be intentional about creating trust with a potential client? Do you have a couple tips on that? Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, the first is you have to speak their language. Don't expect them to speak yours. Um, and you have to, you have to talk to somebody like they're, they're a human being, not like they're, you know, the next case coming in, the next client coming in, the next dollar coming in. You have to let the person that you're talking to know that you can help them. Uh, and if you can't, uh, and this is a whole nother, you know, topic uh, of discussion, if you realize you can't, then my approach was always to say, I can't help you. I'm not the right person, but I'm going to give you some referrals because I think these people are great. They're much more what you need. And as an aside, I certainly, I've had lots of referrals from clients that we turned away because I did that. Um, but you have to be consistent with, with the people that you're talking to. Uh, you have to, um, you have to be nice to them. I, I, it's surprising how many times I, I mean, I know I've had this experience myself as a potential client, people just are not nice or don't really seem interested in me and my problem. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's that simple. You have to listen to what they're going to tell you uh, and you have to actively listen and be able to pull out of that. Okay, so I I hear the situation. Now, here's the things that I can address and this is how I'm going to address them. And I think, and and you need to be clear with them. These are the steps we're going to take. One, two, three, four. These are the possible outcomes of those steps. So that's been my experience. When you talk to people like, you know, like human beings and you explain to them, you don't look down, you don't talk down to them. I think that's what people are concerned about a lot when they're coming to certain kinds of professionals. Like, oh, they're going to think I'm not very smart or I'm, they're going to talk down to me. And you can't do that. You don't want to do that. It makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm getting those that, that reaction right now of the gazillion gurus and like authorities in different industries who kind of have that authoritarian process of, of creating yeah. this gap between who they are and what they've accomplished and what the person coming to them is. And, and I love that you're bringing forward this idea. Like, it's just simply about really what I heard you say is like, be a good listener and, and connect with them in the language they're using rather than like you know, getting into all the the industry speak. That's, that's beautiful. So Sharon, you have so many things that you help women lawyers with. 
And I know you have uh, your guide. Why don't you tell everybody uh, what's possible for them when they download your Women Lawyers Success Guide, and then we'll uh, hook everybody up with the link to get that. Sure. Uh, Happy to talk about it. So I have written a guide um, for women lawyers in solo practice, and it is the solo practice success guide. And I outline the three pillars. If you're going to have a successful solo law practice, um, but again, it it can apply to any kind of of, uh, solo practice, the three pillars that, that your practice has to be built on, and it's your mindset, your marketing, and your management. Um, each of those pillars has a number of different processes uh, underneath of them that are important. And um, I describe some of that and I describe in there some steps that you can take to get started, um, to get your your business set up the right way and moving forward the right way. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of helpful information and tips that that you can use right away. And then there's, you know, a process that we can go through for those people who need something deeper than, uh, than the guy. And where can people find it? It's at uh, www.boldwomenlawyers.com. Uh, and uh, you'll see right on the homepage, you can download the guide right there. Beautiful. And I, I, it's such a great guide for anybody in a solo practice, but in particular, uh, I know it's really designed to help women lawyers really get into thriving in their business. So good, good job, Sharon. Good job. So this is the point in our conversation where I like to kind of make it more personal again. Like we want to get to know you and really connect with you as the human being and to recognize that success in business oftentimes uh, is the result of making some very scary choices. Like sometimes we have to make big, bold choices to get where we are today. What would you say is the boldest thing you've done to get where you are right now in your business, doing something you're really passionate about? Um, I, I, can I tell you two things? Of course. Okay. So, so there are, there have been a number of bold things, but, but the first was as a lawyer, when circumstances developed where the firm I was working with was falling apart. That was sort of what I call my come hell or high water moment, because I had to decide at that point, am I going to continue on um, as a solo practitioner or am I going to go work for somebody else? Well, that was there was no way I was working for somebody else. So I knew come hell or high water, I was going to make this solo practice work. So that was that was first big, bold step. The Mm -hmm. second in the coaching realm was working with you and thinking about doing this and thinking about it and thinking about it. And, you know, I probably still be thinking about it until you said to me, you know, you need to pick a date when this is going to happen or, you know, forget about it. And I realized that you were right. Um, I picked a date, but then after I picked the date, I ended up moving that date up uh, significantly because I realized I was ready to go. So I think that was really the boldest thing. Like, yeah, I picked that date, but no, we're moving that up by like six months because I'm ready to go. And, you know, I've had to do a lot of things to get everything up and running, but, um, best, best move I ever made. Oh, I'm so excited for you. And, you know, just on reflection with that, 
setting the date and then moving it up. One of the things I witnessed, and I think this is what happens to all of us when we create that clear conviction of a new outcome, like, okay, I'm all in, here's my drop dead date. But what happens is like things start to move faster than we imagine and everything lined up. So it was the perfect divine timing for you to say, okay, it's happening faster and accepting that. And I think we forget that clarity and conviction and a commitment to a timeline, like it moves things at the speed it's supposed to go. Sometimes it's slower. Most of the time it speeds up. So I I was so, I'm just beyond ecstatic for what's happened for you. And the second question I want to ask you, Sharon, is there something that you discovered in becoming a thriving business owner, a thriving law practice owner that you wish you would have done sooner because it was so tremendously helpful for you? Yes. I wish I had had the confidence in myself to step out as a solo practitioner many years before. Mm. Um, And, you know, it happened the way it happened, but I wish I had done it sooner because uh, I've learned so much. Uh, I enjoyed myself so much more as a practicing lawyer when I was out on my own, so much more. And uh, wish I had done it sooner, but I'm glad I did it. I'm glad you did it too, because I wouldn't yeah. have met you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, have the great, I just have the greatest gift in the world to work with the most extraordinary people, people who are talented, they're passionate, they're they're um, gifted, but they're also giving like, and I've just loved working with you over the years. And I'm so excited for what's coming as you uh, deepen your wisdom uh, as a coach to women lawyers. I highly recommend that you grab uh, Sharon's manifest or her guidebook. <laughs> it was going to be a manifesto. Now it's a guidebook. That's we'll guidebook. hook those yeah. uh, links up for you in the show notes, or if you're catching this episode on video, we'll make sure that it's in the video for you as well. Sharon, congratulations. Is there anything that you'd like to share as we wrap up a parting thought for our audience today? Yeah, I would just say to, to people, if you're thinking about doing this, or if you're in a solo practice and you know, it's where you should be, but maybe it's not going the way you want it to go. Don't quit. There's plenty of help. There's plenty of resources in, especially for women. You know, we know we have women's intuition. We do trust your gut, trust your intuition. If this is where you're supposed to be, keep at it. You can make this work. Well said. Well, I'm your host of Amplify Your Success podcast, Melanie Benson, Authority Amplifier to Expertpreneurs. If you're catching this on video, we'd love for you to become a fan of the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Audible, everywhere you listen to podcasts, and you can find the podcast at Amplify Your Success podcast. Sharon, thanks so much. And uh, keep finding your superpower and amplifying it in the world. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. 
Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going. And I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media.